This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kangaroo Fern Productions, Australia's independent podcast management. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com slash book now. wonderful, beautiful children. They are so good and polite. Really? Oh, yeah, because we always teach them our culture. Nako, sinigit ko na naman yung culture ko. Filipino culture, that's what we are. We are polite, respectful, we are loving people, and above all, spiritual loving people who are faith. We have the faith. We are faithful to our religion, to our God. That was Juliet Oi. She teach the Filipino language to Filipinos in Australia. She emphasized to her students the importance of culture and learning one's native language. Even if you live a thousand miles away from your native land, she also translated the Australian national anthem to Tagalog. Santos, founder of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab and Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, and creator of Podcast Community. This is Filipino Tastic, a podcast show about Filipino diaspora and their stories that will inspire others to make an impact to our community.
According to early childhood studies, many immigrants are gradually losing their native language as they get linguistically absorbed into English-speaking society. However, maintaining your original linguistic fluency is important for a variety of personal, social, intellectual, educational, and economic reasons. What happens if a child is born in a foreign country and never learned his, her native language? Language brings so much um, connection to the Philippines. The language also, uh, but by when when we when we speak. There is these feelings, this kind of um, a, a different level of um, understanding of um, of our country. So, what I have found um, with the languages, uh, with well, languages that includes a dialect as well of um, many other Filipinos, but the languages bring so much um, feelings and emotions and expressions. And and not only that, I find that one person who has a second language, I find them that they're much more tolerant of other people as well, that they're able to understand and be patient about other culture as well. So language itself is one thing, but what comes out of it is is what, what makes me feel like this is where it should be. This is where kids should be, you know, learning the language because these are the benefits that they will receive from it, not just from speaking to their grandparents or help someone uh, to, to, to translate. So what I'm finding is I'm very, um, very fortunate that I kept the language and, and I didn't lose it because now I'm able to help my older Filipino communities when when they need help and they need translating as they get older, as their hearing is not so good anymore, I feel like I'm there for to help them. So that's the aspect of the language that I find is very important. That was Irene Evangelista, president of Filipino Ethnic School of South Australia. It is the only Filipino ethnic school left in the area and still standing strong amidst the pandemic. school was founded by Dr. Reynaldo Huanta back in 1987. He, he was very passionate about uh, preserving the language and culture of the Filipinos. So fortunately, Philippine Ethics School was already established by the time that I joined in. The one at uh, Salisbury, Pro, uh, Salisbury uh, Primary School, where we're hold our um, school, uh, started in 1989. I would say that I'm the third person to have taken over so um, this Filipino ethnic school. So it was run by my predecessors who were very passionate about the Filipino culture.
snowball the, pa- the passion started only maybe when my um, my daughter was born she's now 17 years old i moved here in in, in adelaide about 30 years ago and not thinking much about the Filipino culture, you know, adopting the new, um, the, the Australian way, so to speak. And then one day I realized that, hang on a second, there is something that's missing here. I now I now have this little baby who is half Filipino. And suddenly I realized that I've got to do something about it. So that's, I guess, that's, that's the inception of my passion for preserving the Filipino culture and the language. And so that that passion, the reason for that is I see so many over the last 30 years who were born here. And, you know, we understand, I understand my mom's language very well. I speak, I write, I translate. And it is so helpful. And the deep root that I have for our for our country I realized that from the moment that my my daughter was born and I wanted to make sure that that get passed on to her and to her and to her children now she may she may not go back in there she may not actually fully learn the language but it will be in her heart forever so I I wanted to do that. I wanted to show other mums my age as well, those who have especially uh, children who were born here or maybe half Filipino, half Australian, not even that. Some of of my friends who have got children who were born here, they're from Filipino, both Filipino um, parents. Um, Some of them are forgetting the culture, the language, and I want to reinvigorate that. So I found Filipino Ethnic School through a, through a friend um, by chance, and that's where it's all started. So here we are. We are the only Filipino Ethnic School here in South Australia that's left, and we're still going. So that's where, that's where it started, and that's where the passion started. Language is a rich in history and culture. Learning the native language entails studying the same history and culture as your parents, relatives, and even prior and following generations. If you can't speak the language, I personally feel I have disconnected myself from the Philippines, from where I grew up, from where I was born. And I feel that to, to a degree, my personal feeling would be I have let my mom down um, because it, it is through her that I am who I am because of the culture, because of the language because she is a Filipino, because she had passed on our grandparents' traditions and ideas, ideals. And for me not to be able to speak, or for their future, you know, children that won't be able to speak, I would find that disheartening. And many, many, oftentimes I find that those who realize that, um, you know, they're not able to speak the language, that they, they have, there's, there's a little bit of regret over there. 
you know, what, why didn't I learn it? And, and oftentimes it, it, I have come across that as well. So, yes, if we can't speak the language, not quite true Filipino, I feel. That sounds, very, that sounds probably very harsh. Uh, but as, as, I, as I have become older, hopefully wiser, I realize that language and culture, and that goes for, for anyone, it is, it is in them. It is, we have to preserve it or otherwise we would, we would lose it. Around 400 languages has gone extinct in the last century alone, roughly one in every three months. And the most linguists believe that half of the world remaining 6,500 languages will be dead by the end of this century. Some even put that figure as high as 90%. What if the Filipino language will be one of them? Based on my research, especially for us uh, uh, Filipinos uh, far away from home, living in Australia, living in other parts of the world, there are a lot of evidence that shows that our community language or the language of our parents could potentially die within just three generations. And, you know, pre-COVID time, we never thought that the borders would close, right? Everybody would be coming, you know, migrants would be coming. But now we know that there's a potential for border closing. And can you imagine if there will be no more migrants coming in and the language from people who are here will be dying? So it's it's not concerning if you're back in the Philippines, but if you are living in a in a different country away from the mother country, then there is already a potential that the language would die. And I was I, I was telling this to all my friends and colleagues, and I said, could you imagine that if it's just me who's speaking Filipino in Australia and it dies with me? It seems that as a linguist, I couldn't let that happen. And I felt that I need to do something about it. So that's why I started this project. That was May Safra the founder of Tagalog Learning Incorporated. It's not-for-profit organization that aims to celebrate, maintain, and enrich the Filipino language, culture, tradition through its classes. It is committed to continue teaching free Filipino classes for children and teens for years and years to come. So uh, 
I realized, I asked again, so why aren't there parents who are teaching their kids Filipino? And of course, parents are busy. They don't have time to do that. And then I said, okay, what about tutorials? And then again, you know, Filipino parents are matipid. So that's, that will be added to the gastos, you know, that will be added to, to the expenses. And so I, I conducted another research and I said, what if I'm going to give free classes to your children? Are you going to enroll your children? And everybody would say, yes, yes, yes. So I said, okay, let's pilot the project. So I said, uh, I'm going to campaign this uh, free Filipino classes on uh, Filipino stores, on social media and all this. And if I am just gonna get 10 kids, just 10 kids who will study with me on this pilot program, I'm gonna give it a go. And on the first pilot program, I had 16 kids. So I was very excited. But we don't have money. We don't have funding. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to. I had to um, write a letter to our local libraries. I was telling them, "Look, this is my project. We don't have a funding. Are you going to allow us to use the library for, uh, you know, for five weeks, just so we can, you know, we can pilot this? And if it's successful, then we'll move forward." So we were given an opportunity by the Brimbank Council to actually use the library to do our Filipino classes. And so we ran the first project at seven weeks, every Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then so after the, after the pilot, I asked the parents, how do you feel about this? Are you happy to continue? And, uh, and they said, yeah, we're, we're more than happy to continue. And I said, look, we need to look for a place because the library can't host us for the entire year. But looking for a hub, even if it's a community hub, would mean cost. You know, because you have to pay for, even if we're not for profit, we still have to pay a certain amount for our community hubs. So I was like, you know, I was I asked, I asked the parents, are you more than happy to split the bill with me? Because, you know, I, I, I'm doing this because I, I love to teach the kids and I don't need to be paid for that. But we need to pay the hub. So they were like, we're more than happy to give five bucks, you know, 10 bucks to, to continue this project. So that is how Tagalog Learning Incorporated started. She ended up having 16 kids in that pilot program. They were concerned about the project sustainability at the time because there was no reliable sources of finance. So first of all is to uh, open up the opportunity for parents and for kids to have a community that speaks in Filipino and that would be able to teach the kids in Filipino. Okay, so in the class, they learn how to greet, they learn vocabulary, uh, they learn songs. Okay, so the nursery rhymes in Filipino, and then we read them, uh, we read them stories because um, in in reading stories, uh, culture and tradition is embedded on that. So our 
our stories are really the concept of the Philippines and not an English book translated in Filipino. It's not. It's nothing like that. So we are creating a community. So when, for example, you're a parent and you say, "Oh, have you have you tried uh, the Filipino class of Teacher May?" Then everybody, you know, would be spreading the words. And then after that, um, once the kid would say that, oh, it's fun to learn Filipino, then they will develop the love for the language and the love for Filipino on their own. Thanks to the joint effort of its devoted volunteers, enabling partners, cooperative parents, and highly motivated, engaging learners. Tagalog Learnings Incorporated was able to firmly set the truth in the community. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to forget your mother language because that is part of your identity you know you are you are a holistic person okay so even for example there are a lot of filipino uh, family who are in interracial intercultural marriages and we celebrate that we celebrate that diversity so why not celebrate as well you know your heritage for example, right? For example, uh, I have children and my husband is, for example, Australian. So if we're celebrating Australian culture and Australian way of life, we can also celebrate the Filipino culture and the Filipino way of life. You know, so I believe that it's not about choosing which side, you know, there, there is no such thing as left and right, but it's actually, you know, the interrelated, um, um, what do you call this, identities that you have uh, as a Filipino, even if you're a Filipino who migrated abroad or you're a Filipino who who is now uh, living in a different place. So, you know, so I believe that 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 form of well if you if you learn a language it's not only giving you identity because eventually when kids get older they would ask questions why didn't i know a lot about the philippines you know and then once they visited their the philippines they see their grandparents their grand aunties their cousins they get so so excited and so curious why didn't i learn about this when i was younger and i think we should not deprive our children of that experience even if they are in australia or in new zealand or anywhere in the world to be honest yeah The knowledge that you are a native of your nation instill a sense of confidence and security. Various studies are also revealed that bilingual persons' brains operate differently. interesting actually because there's a lot of misconceptions about language uh, they think that uh, some some languages for example English because it's a language of commerce or because it's called an international language it is actually dominant but 
that is actually just the perception that a society put into a language. No matter the language is, even if it's Aboriginal language, or even if only 10 people are actually speaking a language, all language are created equal. Okay, all language. They have, they're all uh, features, they all have their own purpose. So if we're going to look into that, then learning Filipino and learning English is equally important because they're both language and they have their own uniqueness and, uh, and you know, and beauty and richness. But from a point of view, again, I'm going to explain this from a point of view of a researcher. There is a lot of um, evidence that shows that a child who has more than one language has better cognitive skills. Because to be able to translanguage and move from one language to another, your brain goes through a very complex process. And that is an advantage. And you probably already heard this, that those people who have more than one language reduce their risk of dementia because of that, you know, cognitive ability. Knowing a language allows one to immediately identify with those who speak the same language. This relationship is a critical component of culture exchange. Uh, aside from that, you know, Filipino people are very family-oriented. You know, those people who could speak the language of their parents and their grandparents have stronger familial relationship, family bond, because it strengthened the intergenerational relationships. Imagine if you if your lolo can tell you their stories when they were young about their lives in the Philippines. You have a better understanding of them. So perhaps if we do that, there will be less generation gap, you know. And aside, another thing is, uh, there are a lot, of course, but another thing is there is also some economical um, benefits of learning a language. You know, you probably think that, oh, I don't need to learn Filipino. I'm in an English-speaking country. But Nico, for myself, there is a lot of opportunities because Australian government, and I'm pretty sure other Commonwealth governments, they translate our important information into our community languages, especially during this COVID time. I, I, I can't tell you how many trans, uh, how many papers I have translated, or how many, how many patalastas uh, or advertisements I have recorded in Filipino. So there's also a lot of financial, really financial uh, uh, benefits, especially because there isn't a lot of good Filipino speakers in 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 the country so those are just you know a few of of the benefits so let us not discourage our children to learn the language yeah native language not only helps us to interact and connect with one another, it also enables us to comprehend and respect our ancestors and upbringing history. So there's a lot 
more to being Filipino than learning the language. Okay, so language is just one aspect of that. And yes, of course, you will have um, more uh, opportunities uh, to understand the Philippines better, the Philippines better, the life in the Philippines better if you can speak the language because it opens your doors to really good, uh, for example, literature. For example, imagine if you can if you can read Noli Mitangere or El Filibusterismo in Filipino, and I would really fire up your patriotism. But it's there's more to being Filipino than 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 just speaking the language, right? There's a lot more that we can do that doesn't necessarily have to be language. For example, the concept of pagmamano. We can teach our children that. Po and opo, even if they're speaking in English, they can say yes po, no po, diba? Not yet po. Those, those kinds of little things and the way we respect our elders, you know, the way um, we treat our grandparents. So again, there's a lot more to being Filipino than just language. But of course, as I said, language would pave a way to a better understanding of concepts and different cultural aspects of the Philippines. We will be right back. This episode is sponsored in part of Zencaster. Zencaster is all-in-one podcast production software that keeps you studio quality in audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. It's record its guests locally then upload the crystal clear audio and video right into the dashboard so you have high-quality raw materials to work with. To our listener, just check the promo code that podcast has changed and you get 30% off of Zencaster professional account. This episode is also sponsored by Kangaroo Firm Media Lab, Australia's podcast management agency. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasting easy. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com And now, back to the show with Mika Santos. I've spent a lot of time asking that question to a lot of interviewees and uh, everyone has their own answer. Uh, my Filipino, my Tagalog particularly, is not great. In fact, that's the reason why I signed up to join Raja Filipino. I wanted to go through the grind of having to force myself to translate. I don't do it very well, but I, uh, it's, it's good enough. was Juan Paulo Legaspi, officer of Radio Filipino Adelaide. He wanted to learn Filipino a little bit more, so he started volunteering for Filipino Group by helping them with research and translating the news, eventually become a broadcaster. 
Juan Paolo believed that a slow introduction to the culture is the best way to get people interested in learning the Filipino language. Take that aside. If you don't have the language, what are your connections? I would, st I would argue you're still Filipino. If you still have the spirit of the Filipino. Um, and there's this great quote that I, I had um, from uh, Carlos Romulo. And uh, this, this is an excerpt from I Am Filipino. And it says, uh, this, uh, this is the part that I like the most. I am a Filipino, inheritor of a glorious past, hostage to an uncertain future. Uh, and I, I think that captures a little bit of that spirit. But then he goes on to talk about the, the history of, of all these past Filipinos and the fighting spirit of the Filipino. And I think that speaks to a lot of it. You know, do you have the spirit of a Filipino? And there's, there's a lot of culture behind it, you know? So it's food, uh, music, warm openness kind of approach, uh, the spirit of Kababayan. Um, I think it's more to it than just language. It's the whole kind of approach to being a Filipino. And I think that's part of what, I, but not only Raja Filipino, but a lot of content creators can contribute to the conversation to inspire uh, people that have lost that connection. Um, and if it can be intimidating. If you don't understand language, you go, how can I connect? Well, if you're eating adobo every day, well, that's a start, you know, like start getting into the food. Have you been listening to the music? You know, is there a little bit of, of TV that you can kind of, and then you get a, an introduction, a slow introduction to the culture. And then for those that are really interested, they learn a language. I think the approach before has been, you must learn the language, otherwise you're not a Filipino. And it turns off a lot of people. And there's way too many second, third generation Filipinos out there that don't have the language. Um, so we either kind of try and include them or we just go, they're not Filipino, which I think would be a shame if we did. Our thought Language is not the only way to feel connected to your culture, it is still a very effective tool.
No one should feel compelled to choose only one aspect of their identity. Whether you are half Filipino or a full Filipino who just migrated to a foreign country. Language is one of the most powerful tools you can use to retain both identities. I think the most important thing to do is to actually uh, talk to our parents. Uh, for this, this, what you're doing right now is very, very good because it helps us disseminate this information. It helps us explain to them the importance of learning uh, their community language. And I'm not only talking about Tagalog. Teach your children kapampangan, hilagaynon, sibuano, all your mother tongue. Teach them. It's very important. You know, it's not just the Filipino as uh, the national language. All our languages in the Philippines, we have to teach that those to our children because eventually they would be able to to keep to keep our culture to, to keep our tradition. And siguro for parents, I would really encourage them to uh, really let the the kids experience it because you, sometimes you know parents we make decisions for our children, right? Let them experience it, and then if you know. If they're more than happy to continue, support them. But don't deprive them from experiencing the language or from, you know, because I've observed in my class, they, they have their own friends, you know, sometimes they, they chat to each other in Filipino, you know, they would listen to Filipino songs and then they would, you know, they would, they, they would hum the Filipino songs, you know, sometimes we would create some activities, someone's playing the guitar, they try to, to learn, you know, Filipino music. It doesn't necessarily have to be a classroom setup, you know what I mean? It, they don't have to go to a Sunday school or a classroom setup, but let them experience the music, the movies, you know, um, the experience of being Filipino, you know, that's, that's, that's what we can do. And especially now, like, for example, with the use of technology, we can do a lot of things. So I would encourage parents to do that as well. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his own language, that goes to his heart. That's what's a quote by Nelson Mandela, the president of South Africa. A powerful quote by admirable man. Language is an essential component of any culture. It is means through which individuals interact with one another, form connection, and foster a feeling of community. These are around 6,500 spoken languages in the world today. Each of which is unique in a variety of ways. If you are Filipino and even you are live far away from your homeland, if you have the responsibility to keep your Filipino identity alive, and the best way to do that is by learning your native tongue. is hosted and directed by me, Miko Santos, created by Kangaroo Firm Media Labs. 
Australia's independent podcast management company. Thank you to our team, researched by Yvonne Santos, edited and mixed by Jaime Bada, sound designed by Ivan Santos, executive producer Rich May Valencia, podcast producer Jamie Lopez, assistant podcast producer Renee Benales, copywriter Tim Feliciano, podcast booking specialist Rochelle Kandel, social media managers Corina Basubas and Sheila Gadoy, podcast project manager May Ann Alimena, Guerrilla Podcast Head of Podcasting, Mira Teclao, Website Designer, Francesca Rivano, Voiceover Artist, Kiko Malikdem, Music by AudioHero.com and Epidemic Sound, Filipino Tastic Logo by Sid Tabar. Thank you to our guests, May Safra, Juliet Oy, Juan Paolo Ligaspi, and Irene Evangelista. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Don't forget, there's a free podcast course waiting for you over at podcast.org. Also, if you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share with them the link or post it on their Facebook wall and say, check this out. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. This is Filipino Tastic. I'm Nico Santos. See you again in two weeks' time. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com